Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Homosexual. I'm your host, Chris J. Sigerson. And this week, we are covering everything from Nepo babies to ghosting. I've had some weird fucking experiences lately, and I... <laughs> I need to share because all of my friends are done with me. Like, they're like, Krishé, you've told us this three times. And I'm like, just pretend that you never heard what I said, please. I went to my very first business lunch, okay? And if you don't know, I am a university student, okay? Many of you may be university students or, you know, just life learners as I am. And I was invited to like a business lunch because I'm like a fake finance bro, okay? I'm just trying to blend in with the finance bros, but there's like these like meetings and like events that you go to and you get like a little certificate if you go to like a bunch of them. And I'm trying to get that certificate, but that also means that I have to network. People always make jokes about how finance people are always like networking and it's literally so true. Like the amount of times I've heard people say network around me is obscene, okay? I did not want to go to this business lunch. I knew it was going to be awkward and probably pretty cringy and you know, just talking about like stocks and business. I mean, obviously. And my friend Catherine was like, Chris J, no, you're coming and I'm dragging you by the arm, which she quite literally had to do. I was actually being dragged by my arm um, across campus to go to this business lunch, which I really didn't want to do. But when we showed up, we were probably one of the youngest people there. It was the most awkward thing. I walked in and there's a bunch of like tables. And so we kind of were just like, okay, you know what? Let's go sit at a table by ourselves so we don't have to like network. All of these, like it was mostly guys and girls. And some of the girls like did not look like the nicest girls, if that makes sense. Like they look like kind of girls who, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just know. Then we found out that we had a table number to go sit at. And so we're sitting at a table with a bunch of like finance bros who were like, years older and they were these two of them were talking and one of them was talking about how like an internship that he got that summer and he's like oh yeah like I worked at uh this like finance company just doing like these accounting numbers things and yeah I was like it was a pretty cool internship and then this other guy was like oh bro like do you mind if I ask you how how you got that he's like oh yeah I kid you fucking not he was like my ex-girlfriend's dad actually like hired me because you know like me and my ex ended on good terms but like her dad's like rich as fuck and so like I got in good like I got like the internship hey uh if you're actually looking for something next next summer i i can hook you up bro i can i got you and then the other guy was like oh oh yeah yeah man like that would that would be so like that means so much he's like yeah yeah i got you then this very like boss lady she looked amazing she was in like a bright pink pantsuit i was like oh she like walked in and sat at a table a table full of men and my friend Catherine, who was also a boss bay but she sat down and let me tell you okay i find it so hard to eat in front of people, okay? And this was a business lunch, implying there was food. And they had these, like, little, like, vegetables, like, the vegetable trays with, like, broccoli, cucumbers, carrots, all that shit. Little sandwiches cut into little triangles with no crust. Yeah, because they're bougie like that. Got lots of money in the finance department, I guess. She sits down and... We, like, awkwardly kind of start talking to her, and me and Catherine are just sitting there, like, not knowing what to say, and they're talking about, like, oh, yeah, like, the the TFRs and CRAs, like, you know what, like, a, a PPLF is, right, guys? And then we're all like, uh-huh, yeah, 
yeah, we know what a PPRFL is. I had no fucking idea what anyone was talking about this entire time. I was so clueless. And I looked at Catherine to be like, do you know what these people are fucking talking about? And she was like, mm-mm-mm. Then we went to go get food, okay? And we lined up to get food, came and sat down. And oh my God, I did not know any of these people, okay? I already don't like eating in front of people. And when I tell you I have never chewed a carrot so carefully I was literally like biting off a piece, like placing it down and then I'd like chew and it was so, like, it probably wasn't that awkward for anyone else, but I noticed everyone else around the table was also like just eating so carefully and like trying to be so like clean. I also forgot a napkin and like these sandwiches were not, they were just like falling apart and I was just like... <laughs> Uh, it sounds so bad but I just started like using my hand to like wipe off the fucking like mayo on the corner of my lips and I was like trying to do it so like carefully because there was these people around then they're like okay switch and then another like professional comes to our table and this girl you know very sweet seemed nice I was like okay you know she's not awkward she came in the other girl was like a little bit awkward but you know she was she was raking it in let me tell you but this girl was what's called like a CPA I don't fucking know what that is. Some, like, accountant. Some specialized... I don't know. She, like, does numbers. Um, super, super nice at the start. She was, like, talking. She was, like, oh, yeah, like, you should go get your CPA diploma or degree or whatever. It's, like, an extra two years or... I, I don't know. It's some sort of accounting thing. And she was talking about how the partner at her firm, like, this guy who owns their like accounting firm and how she was so close with him and she's like oh yeah like I deal with my clients I love my clients but I work really closely with my partner like blah blah and then she let it slip she was like yeah my dad oh uh, oh um yeah my dad's the partner like my um I work for my dad immediately I was like okay so you're a nepo baby no shame to nepo babies okay but as soon because like she was like talking about how close she was with the partner and how quickly she climbed the ladder and like she seemed very very hardworking. don't get me wrong you shouldn't discredit someone's success based on who their parents are at all but like I find once I heard that it was like she was working for her dad I just like kind of lost a little bit of respect I was like oh okay you know like, you, you work for your dad. Like, that's how... That was your end to the job. I just found it so funny how, like, she slipped in that it was her dad. She almost, like, sounded, like, low-key proud of it. And I was just like, I... Like, what was the point? What... Where... Where were you going with that? I didn't get the point. But it was after that, I just felt really annoyed. You know, when, like, someone doesn't... Like, they don't do anything. But then automatically, you're just kind of, like, annoyed for the rest of the time. Like, it was kind of like that. I was like, oh, my God. And then after that, we had the option to leave. And so this guy came to our table and came to sat down and then everyone like left and it was so awkward, but I was like, oh my God, I'm not turning back. So I just left and never went back. Uh, but that was my first business lunch. There will be more to come, hopefully not. Now this was right before our reading break. For those of you do who don't know what reading break is, it's basically like a little break from school where you're supposed to read and catch up and study and do all the work that you procrastinated and then you go on reading break and then you don't do any of that and then you come back really stressed because you have a bunch of work to do even though you had an entire week to do it but you didn't do it because it was a break and you didn't have class and so I went home to for reading break I flew got on my plane went back to my hometown I live in British Columbia beautiful British Columbia the 
legal age here is 19, okay? I am 18. I did not know before moving here that I had to be 19 to like do all the adulty things. Back at home, our legal age is 18, so I was going home. I was gonna go to a motherfucking club, okay? I was going to go dance, filet my arms, see everyone. Now, because of my birthday and when I moved, a lot of the people that I know like missed my birthday because like I lived so far away. So when I went to the club, everyone was like, oh my God, like we need to celebrate your birthday. And they were so nice. Me and my sister, we were going crazy. Me and my sister have a party trick. We did not do it here, but we did do it at my grade 12 graduation where I get on her shoulders and she like squats me up into the air and we like dance on top of each other. And we were very close to doing it, but it was very crowded environment and we're not about to do that. My hometown is pretty conservative. It is like a larger, you know, city. I make it sound small and quaint and, you know, for most cities it it would be considered that, but for Canada because we have like 0.2% of the population of like the US, it, it it is a small city population-wise kind of. But it's very conservative. Um not a lot of gay people. I did not get that experience that I craved as a youngling. And, you know, the heart stopper experience that that just isn't what happens where I'm from. And so I was not expecting at all, at all to have any sort of encounter at this club. Okay. There were men in Bass Pro Shop hats. There were men with Pit Viper sunglasses, all signs of, oh, I got to turn on my straight voice. Me and my sister are on the dance floor and I look and there's a guy that walked in and we made direct eye contact okay i was like looking at him he was looking at me he had like his friend with him and i was with my sister okay and they like come up to us and they start like talking to us he was getting like really close to me like he was pretty close to me friend and my sister were like also talking and laughing and sure enough i look over like five seconds later and my sister and his friend are full-on just like making out like going at it and i'm like you go girl then we continue talking okay and by this point he had his like hand on my shoulder and like we we're just talking whatever and then before we know it we are um copying my sister and his friend and what's so funny is like we are in a very conservative place, okay? I'm not saying, like, oh, we were gonna ha get hate crimes, but, like, it was very plausible, okay? Like, it could have happened. Like, it, it's a fear of mine. It didn't happen. Actually, the reverse happened, but it's still, it's just so funny to me. Three people stopped us and were like, oh my god, I support you guys. Like, yes, go. There was, like, this girl. She was like, oh my god, yes. Like, that's amazing. And I was like, thanks. And, like, went back to it. And then I turn around and there's this girl right behind me, like, right right here, like, to my peripheral, and she was, like, just mouth wide open, she was, like, <gasps> like, just gasping, and I was, like, what the fuck, and then I, like, turned back and went back to it, and then I saw this guy, and I swear I recognize him from somewhere, I don't know where it is, but there's a lot of movies filmed in Winnipeg, and I was, like, you're on Netflix, I know you from somewhere, where do I know you, okay, I was a little out of it, so I didn't recognize him totally, and he was, like, oh no, like, I, I'm not gonna tell you, but you know, like, you know, and I was like, I know, but like, like, who are you? And he would not tell me, but he also stopped us and was like, oh, is this like your boyfriend? And I was like, no, like, I don't know this guy, but like, he's super nice. And he's like, oh, cool, cool, man. Like, see you later. And I was like, yeah, see you later. Just a really odd experience. Um, but that was my first time at a club. I needed to share that with you in order to give you hope that you can find someone, even if you are in somewhere that is very conservative, you may think that there are not a lot of men who are into men. I assure you, there are more people than you think. The amount of DL guys, the amount of curious men 
who are flaming homosexuals and just have, you know, not fully accepted it yet. Maybe they're just not comfortable, you know, coming out yet. Their environment won't allow them to. There's lots, okay? Don't, you can't say there isn't. Now, the issue that this was, you guys remember Jimbro, okay? From the last episode. I know I have not filmed the episode in a little bit, but I'm consistent again, okay? We're back at it. And so Jimbro was the guy that I was like seeing for a bit. Super nice. Still friends with him. Um, but that is no longer continuing. I want to make it very clear. We were not, we were not dating, but what, like we were like talking and like, you know, getting kind of serious. I think I just realized honestly, when I went back that I am not in a place where I am ready to commit. I cannot give enough time to someone. And that was a hard realization because I really liked Jimbro. Like I really, I really did. And I'm so, so glad that, you know, we're still friends. Like, we still, like, talk all the time. I just think that you need to have clear boundaries and open communication. And don't get into an exclusive relationship prematurely. Don't rush it. You know, it's okay to say no. I found that when we were talking, it got brought up. Me and Jimbro were going to the movies at one point, And he was like, oh, like, are we going as friends? And I was like, sir, we have literally been hanging out for, like, three weeks. Like... You are definitely not just a friend. I realize that I am not in a place where I can make this work and I don't want to take it further than where it is because I personally am just not ready for that. I also started finding it hard because in past relationships, there have been things that have happened where, oh, like, I hate I hate to say the word like trauma, but there like is like a little bit of like trauma there, I guess. And sometimes I just... I do not like when people touch me. I do sometimes struggle with physical touch. I don't, I get very uncomfortable by it sometimes, even if I'm with someone who, you know, I like. And sometimes the more I like them, the more it comes out in me of like, oh, please don't touch me. I don't like that. Like I, I just close right up and I get really nervous. My like original ex-boyfriend, the one from like, oh God, years ago, um, there was some stuff that happened with him. You know, I wish him the best now. I actually just spoke with him recently because I filmed a YouTube video on my new YouTube channel called Crochet Sigurdsson. So go, go check that out. But I sent all of my exes, situationships, a survey to like see what they really thought about me because I was really nosy and curious. We actually did have a short but like good conversation and he's like doing really good now. But there was some stuff from that relationship that now is still affecting me sometimes where I get very uncomfortable with physical touch and that was showing up in my like relationship with Jim bro, which is not good. And I think I also realized that that's something that I still need to work through. I'm not ready to get to a very deep emotional level with someone quite yet. And if you are at that point, that is totally okay. But the thing is sometimes you think you're ready and you're like, oh, I really want a relationship. I know like, I want a boyfriend, I want to get like that deep emotional connection because in the gay community, a lot of the time, it's very much about like, you know, hookup culture or just, you know, you go on a few dates with someone and then they ghost you and that really fucking sucks. It's awful. And obviously that's not what anyone would want. And so sometimes you think that you want this deep emotional connection and like a commitment and you totally may be thinking that and that may be what you need and want, but I find for me, I was in a place where I thought I was ready for that and then it started getting more serious and then I freaked out and realized I wasn't ready for that. 
I'm still working through a lot of shit and I needed to back off, but it's hard to do that without hurting the other person's feelings. And I am also really bad for leading people on because the last thing I want to do is hurt someone's feelings. And in the past, that would surface as me slowly ghosting people because I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I just thought it was easier to avoid confrontation. And it took me a long time to realize that that is not okay. That is causing a lot more damage to the other person than you think you are causing. Because if the other person randomly gets ghosted, you stop all contact with them, that's going to hurt. They're going to think it's them. They're going to wonder why. And even though, you know, you personally are not having the confrontation, it almost is worse than if you had just been honest. It, it is worse. It totally is worse. So I was honest with Jim Bro and just said, you know, hey, I, I brought up the things about physical touch. I also just said, like, I, I'm just not ready for this. And he was really, really good about it, really understanding. Like, he's a really, really great person. Sometimes you feel ready for a commitment and a real relationship. And then when you actually start to almost get into it or when things start getting serious with someone that you really like, sometimes it can make you realize that that's not what you need in the moment. And don't be scared to vocalize that vocalize your feelings let the other, be very clear to the other person even if you're like me and scared of confrontation i fucking hate confrontation i just start laughing i get really uncomfortable i don't i really don't like to hurt anyone's feelings i'm getting a lot better at being direct with people and vocalizing my own feelings because a lot of the time I don't do that and then I just settle and you know get into things that I don't really I know I don't really want to be in situations that I put myself in half the time but it's because I'm not saying what I really think even though in the moment it's hard one of my friends told me it only takes 20 seconds of courage and this applies to so many different things relationships you know approaching someone in public it only takes 20 seconds of courage to go up to them and be like hey i think you're really attractive can i have your snap or can i have your number 20 seconds they respond you have your answer and then you go you know or you continue talking with them in this case it's the same thing there's 20 seconds of courage to you know facetime that person and just say hey i'm so sorry but i don't think this is gonna work and then immediately after you say that a lot of your anxiety will leave you if you're just honest and just vocalize how you feel. Those 20 seconds of courage will make such a big difference in your life, I promise you. And it's not gonna come easy, okay? Sometimes you like literally have to force yourself to do it and it's so hard. Like I will catch myself tricking myself or like trying to trick myself into just like saying things that, you know, I want to say but I'm too scared to sometimes. I think a lot of people are just honestly too scared of voicing their real opinion because they don't want to cause a scene, they don't want people to be upset, but that's no way to live. A big reason behind a lot of people thinking that they want to be in a relationship and they want a boyfriend is because we're scared of being fucking alone forever. I don't want to- I don't want to die alone. That is terrifying to me. It is terrifying to me to be, you know, like, let's say 60s, 70s and like not having someone to like spend my life with. Like, that's something I really, really want. And I think that social media specifically has been such a big factor in me thinking that like, oh, I really want a relationship because these people's relationship is so idyllic and I would enjoy that as well. People were not meant to see, first of all, that many gorgeous people in the span of 30 seconds. I think it really fucks with people's confidence a lot of the time when they're seeing quite literally hundreds of gorgeous people online and then you're comparing yourself to them 
but you also do that with relationships. You see hundreds, like I, I quite literally probably have seen hundreds, if not thousands of couples on TikTok. I see that and I compare my situation to their situation and it looks so good, you know? It looks like they're having the time of their lives if they're posting every day. Like there's these two TikTokers like Pierre and Nick, Nick and Pierre, if you know who I'm talking about. They've just for so long have had this like perfect relationship online and they're both like, you know, gorgeous. And, you know, I compare my situation or I have to their situation and been like, oh, I want that too. Why do I not have that? If they have that, am I not deserving of it? But that's not the case. I'm sure I really hope that their relationship is fucking amazing because I'm obsessed with them. But I'm sure that there is so much that goes on behind the scenes that we don't see. And I'm sure that that is the case for a lot of these couples that we see on social media a lot of the time. And you almost have to remind yourself that it is social media. Social media is fake. It is not real, okay? As much as people claim that it is real, everything I post to myself is like the best. Do I look like that most of the time? Absolutely the fuck not. Am I a catfish? I hope not because that would suck. I think I would actually cry if I met someone in public and they're like, Ooh, you don't look like your pictures. Another factor in feeling like you're going to be like alone forever is that so many people now especially want a ton of different things and people are more, I would say, fluid in relationships. Not everyone, but I think a long time ago, not even that long ago, like even like early 2000s, 90s, whatever, monogamy was like the only way. And personally, I could not do anything but monogamy. Personally, I would just get really jealous. When put in those scenarios, I'm a very jealous person. And I just could not do that. But a lot of people are totally, you know, fine with that. And I think that that is amazing. And I would never judge someone for being in, you know, an open relationship. Or, you know, not wanting a relationship and just wanting to explore and have fun that is totally fine. And I think that there are healthy ways that you can do that. And I know people who are in relationships like that who have a very healthy relationship, but it's all about boundaries and setting your boundaries. But sometimes you feel like, oh, this person is so attractive. This person is so nice, but they don't want the same things I do. The thing you need to do is focus on what you can control. You can't control another person's desire for a relationship. You can't just flip a switch and have them be like, oh, I want to be in a relationship with you. And I've experienced this before. There are people who I've really liked and, you know, I thought it was going to be more and it didn't turn out to be very much. It ended up hurting a lot, especially when um, we talked a bit after and it just really seemed like they never really had anywhere close to the feelings that I had for them. And like that hurt, that really hurt, but I didn't let it keep me from like continuing on because I find a lot of people after they get hurt from someone that they really liked, they're almost like obsessive over them and like, oh, I can change them. You know, maybe they'll like me one day. Maybe they will. But that is very toxic for you. That is very toxic mindset. You need to try your best to move on. Okay. However, however you do that and find people that are going to be wanting the same thing as you. If you want an open relationship, then there are going to be people out there who you really click with that are going to want that same thing. If you want a monogamous relationship, there are going to be people out there who want that exact same thing as you and have the same values as you. I am so of the belief that you do not have one person that you're like destined to be with. There's probably thousands of people that I would like marry. Chances are you're not going to meet all of them. 
but you're gonna find one like there's so many there's like it's actually bs to me how people are like oh no like he's my one no honey you're probably gonna get divorced in like five years and then you know you're gonna be on to your like third wife you know and no shame to that you're still like figuring out who you like what you like i think as i've gotten older i've also realized that no one has their shit together. No one knows what they're doing. When I was younger, adults knew everything. And they definitely know more than me, you know, just through life experience. But they are still trying to figure it out too. They are still trying to adult. Now, a lot of the time we want to try and do our best to control everything around us. And that's not always the case. Something that I find personally can be difficult to navigate is my relationships with like pl just platonic male friendships, okay? And I have always struggled with this because personally like it's it sounds so stupid but like straight men kind of scare me sometimes and that is just from experiences in the past i just really close up i get really quiet you know if i feel uncomfortable like groups of like guys who are just like just don't seem like they would be chill terrify me if they walk into a room and i don't know if like any other gay guys can relate to this but I have mostly like all girlfriends and they always like want to be around guys and they're like oh my god like this guy's so cute and like his friends and I are like we're all gonna hang out and then like they'll like make plans with these guys who half the time you know some of them are very nice but some of them are like ooh, like he's a little homophobic and she's like no he's not like that you don't know him like I do um okay okay but they want to be around guys a lot of the time. And so I feel like I'm just sitting there being like the gay best friend almost. And I think that that comes with some expectations. And I think that a lot of guys just will assume how I'm going to act. And I feel like I don't always act like how they expect me to act. And that's like weird for them. But also I get so uncomfortable when the people I'm hanging out with, with, with who are girls will like invite a bunch of guys or there's like a bunch of guys there because I just I get so scared like I actually get so scared and it sounds so stupid and that's not with everyone but there are quite a few male guy friends who I'm very very close to and they're like I'm so glad I met them but something with that that just comes from me being scared of like a lot of like like straight men most of the time is I will never be touchy with a straight guy friend you know because like with girls I like will be hugging them and like all that like I don't know, like, me and my friends are just, like, touchy, you know what I mean? Like, you just, we're hugging all the time. Like, I, I don't know, like, does that make sense? But that's not the case for guys. Guys don't even, like, look at each other when they're talking half of the time. And I'm always scared that when I'm talking with my guy friends, like, I would just never want to be touchy because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. And I think that that is in part me respecting their boundaries that I'm assuming they have. And honestly, I feel like it's just kind of like a male culture thing, but that can be difficult to navigate. And what's worse, personally, okay, I have not truly experienced this, but I know someone who has and it sucks, but they have ended up liking one of their male guy friends when they came to me they were like crochet like i like this guy but like he's my friend so like obviously like he's straight and there's no shot but like what do i do my advice to this person was once again focus on what you can control you can't control his sexuality he's not going to change and so do your best to focus on other things do things that you know fulfill you it's never going to happen with him and you know this person realized that they knew that they weren't trying to like change their friend it took a while for them to get over this person male friendships with like 
a gay guy and a straight guy can be so fucking amazing and so powerful, but it also sucks when some straight guys can be like really shitty to you because that has happened and it's awful. It makes me really uncomfortable, especially when it's like groups of them. I remember I was at my friend's house one time. Their older brother is like this like hockey player. Him and his like a bunch of his guy friends were like walking around. There was like a party at my friend's house during the day, like a family party. And they were all walking by and they were like laughing as they were walking by us. And then one of his friends turned around and was like, oh, gay J, gay J, which is like, my name is Chris J, but they turned into like gay J, obviously. But I was just like, ooh, like that actually, it kind of, it made me really uncomfortable. I didn't like it. It was really rude because then they were all kind of like laughing and it wasn't like, it wasn't a funny joke. It was a joke at my expense. And I just, I knew, I knew that they were like, talking about me behind my back and I've heard from other people that when I'm not there these people would say not so nice things about me and that wasn't even just this person um I've heard that from other people about other people saying things about me and like you know my sexuality even before I came out and that really sucks it was really scary before I came out when people were like oh he's gay because I was like no I'm not no I'm not like that is terrifying to feel like you have no control And, you know, you're trying your best to act straight and clearly it's just not working. That's okay because it's not who you are if you're going through that. And eventually you definitely will find people that you can surround yourself with who fully accept you no matter where you are. You don't have to be living in a, you know, big city to find that. You can, I've found it in small towns. You just need one person. You just need one person who's super supportive and it makes all the difference. Do not be scared to drop friends who do not treat you right. If some fucking girl is just like, oh my God, be my best gay best friend. Or if someone ever introduces you as like a gay best friend, or if you were listening to this and you were straight and you have ever introduced a friend who is gay as your gay best friend. Ooh, I would go profusely apologize right now. Now, recently I have been reading a book, okay? And it is called It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. If you don't know it, it's all over book talk on TikTok. Colleen Hoover, there's a lot of controversy about her. Personally, I really enjoyed the book. I think it's a little toxic. I'm not getting any spoilers. But something that it really made me think about is when you're in a relationship with a person who doesn't treat you right. And I think that part of the reason I enjoyed this book was because I almost related to her. Not in, not like I'm not comparing myself to Lily Bloom the main character. Her name was Lily Blossom Bloom. First of all, what the fuck is that kind of name? Oh, my name's Lily Bloom. And he's like, oh, like, do you have a middle name? And she's like, it's so embarrassing. It's Blossom. Like, girl, girl, come on. But it was so, oh, I read it in three days. It was incredible. Book wreck. Um, anyways, I was in a relationship where the person I was in the relationship with did not treat me right. And I realized that like after way longer than I should have. But this book just reminded me of that. And I really wanted to talk about it because I find a lot of the time when you know people who are in relationships like this, you're almost like, why don't you just leave? Like if they're not treating you right, just leave. That would make sense, wouldn't it? If someone's not treating you right, if you're in a relationship, you would just not be in the relationship anymore. But sometimes it's just, it doesn't work like that. And not everyone gets that. A lot of the time, the person that isn't treating you right 
you still care about them. Because in the beginning of the relationship, at least in my case, they were really, really good. I really fell for this person. I really liked this person. As it went on, it turned pretty sour. Even though I knew I was not being treated the way that I should be treated, I still cared for this person and I held on to the image of them in my head that I had from the beginning of the relationship, which was no longer this person. And I think a lot of the time people who are in relationships like this, they try to remember the good times and they use that to get through the more bad times of the relationship. And so when people are telling them, you know, you need to get out of this, they're like, oh no, like, you don't understand though. Like, they're not like this. You're wrong. If they are treating you poorly, you know, they can change. They can totally change. I totally think that people can change. It's not going to happen in a month. It's probably not going to happen in a year. You're probably talking like five to 10 years, okay? This person clearly needs to do work on themselves. If they even realize it like that, half the time they don't. You need to get out of that situation if you can. But I also completely, I, I completely understand that it is not always so easy because you still have feelings for them and you remember the good times. Another big kind of thing that I got from the book was almost pleasing the person in the relationship. You would tiptoe around certain subjects or act a certain way so that you would make sure that you wouldn't make them mad or you wouldn't like set them off or something. And especially near the end of this relationship that I was in, I was very much doing that. And that's also a big sign that like you need to realize if you are doing that and you need to start thinking of an ex escape plan because you should not be changing your personality for someone that you're with. You should be your most authentic self with someone that you're in a relationship with that is like, a, like it's a serious relationship. I talk a lot about, you know, relationships and breakups and I've given a lot of like breakup advice on how to break up with someone and it's always best to do it in person. Sometimes, you know, FaceTime is okay. In situations where you are not being treated right, it is okay if you do not feel comfortable or you know that if you try to break up with this person in person, it may not go well. Do it over FaceTime, do it over a phone call. If you need to, do it over text. That is when I think it is okay to break up over text. If you are like that guy who divorced Chriselle Strauss from Selling Sunset over a text, that is not okay. That's so fucked up. And I'm obsessed with Chriselle from Selling Sunset, which is a show on Netflix about realtors selling houses. Um, so go watch that if you haven't already. But that that was that was messed up. They literally bought a house together and everything. And then one day she's like at work and she gets like a text from her husband and is like, we're getting a divorce. That's not okay. But if they are not treating you right, it is okay to do that. If Chriselle was like beating on him every night, cussing him out, then like, okay, maybe I'd understand it. But like, I mean, okay, I don't know what their relationship was like, but, like, Chriselle would probably not be doing that, you know? So, it is okay to have, let's say, digital distance when you're breaking up with someone like that. One thing Jim Bro and I had in common was that as children, we were both overweight and we both had people comment on our weight a lot. Both Jim Bro and I are very, you know, confident now and I think that a lot of kids and people who were overweight when they were younger, after they like, you know, have their glow up, they become the most seemingly confident people. And I think that half the time that's true and half the time it's kind of a front. I find that sometimes you know that you look a lot better after you lose weight. And so you feel like you should be confident and you act confident. And like, I know I do, like I ironically like love myself like you know I have I have a pillow with my face on it um, I have posters of myself in my room 
Um, I'm getting a phone case with my face on it that says, I heart me and my face is in the heart. Thank you to my sister for buying me that. But like things like that are funny and like I do feel so much more confident now, but not every day. There are days where I literally wake up and I'm like, oh my God, like I need to not eat because I feel so overweight. And then I'm like, Krishé, don't get into that mindset again because that's not okay. That's not healthy. And when I was doing that, you know, struggling with my eating, I was the least confident I had ever been. And so I think a lot of the time when people lose weight after, you know, having people comment on them being overweight or something their whole life, you almost feel like you need to be confident because people are telling you, oh, you look so good now. And that's just not always the case. And I think it needs to be more normalized that like not everyone is confident and it can be really hard. The hardest thing when I was like overweight was when my friends who were a lot smaller than me would make comments like, and like they'd be looking in the mirror and be like, oh my God, like I'm so overweight. Cause I look at them and I'd look at me and I'd be like, so if you think you're overweight, what do you think of me? And it would really make myself feel bad when, you know, a bunch of my like smaller friends would be commenting on how large they felt they looked. And, you know, I get that everyone's struggle is their own. I still have days where I feel like I'm overweight. I would also make sure that I never said that in front of everyone else. I can think it, but I won't say it out loud because in my head, I may be thinking that, but I know deep down, I am not overweight. But it would really suck when I would have friends being like, I'm so overweight because then I'd be sitting on the bed really awkwardly and like not knowing what to say and just feeling like a beluga whale and that's not okay. But a lot of people put on this sense of false confidence after they lose that weight. And I feel like even I sometimes do that where I almost overcompensate for how much comp confidence I have when, you know, I am, I want to, like, I am a confident person. I do feel confident a lot of the time. Probably not as much as people would think. It is okay if you do not feel confident. Confidence is, yes, very attractive in another person. Confidence is great to have. But confidence is also like a house, you know? It doesn't just fucking appear one day. You gotta build it with, like, wood and nails. So find your wooden nails of confidence and build that shit up into a mansion. Hopefully you take something away from this conversation that we just had. I love you so much. If you listen this far, I love you so, so much. You don't even understand. Also, very exciting, very exciting. I started a YouTube channel, which I mentioned earlier, and my first video, I don't know when it's gonna be out. It may be out by now if you're listening to this. Maybe not. You never really know with me because I am a master procrastinator, but I'm not setting a date because I want this to be my best work and I want to be really proud of it when it does come out. I'm going to take my sweet time with it, but hopefully it will be coming out within the next week. So you can go check that out at Chris Sigurdsson. Please, please rate the podcast. It actually, like, you have no idea how much it helps me if you just go rate the podcast. Five stars, please. If, if you want to rate it less than five stars, just don't rate it please. But yeah, you can follow me on TikTok at Diaries of a Homosexual for some fun little content. You can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Sigurdsson. That's K-R-I-S-J-A-Y. And then it'll probably come up because who the fuck names their kid Chris J. Uh, my lovely parents, which I'm so grateful for the name. Anyways, thank you so, so much. Go rate the podcast right now. If you haven't, I love you and I will see you next week. Bye homos.